Okay, so I want to read you her caption. Oh, God. Okay. In July of 2020, we sat... Oh, my gosh. It's me. (laughs) In July of 2020, we sat under this banyan tree. Mm -hmm. We asked for magic. We were oblivious to the pain we would face together in such a short, frenetic period of time. Mm-hmm. unaware of the work and sacrifices the relationship would require from us but intoxicated off the love and the karma somehow a year and a half later having walked through hell together and having laughed more than i ever imagined possible he asked me to marry him and just as in every lifetime before this one and in and as in every lifetime that will follow i said yes and then we drank each other's blood that's a lot and then we drank each other's blood. That's on the internet. Like, you posted that on the internet. Just like, um, somehow a year and a half later, uh, somehow earlier, a year and a half later. Are you Like, what do you mean somehow? You've been dating Some, for a year and a half. Like Somehow. How, <laughs> I, I want to know the hell they've gone through. Anyway, I just thought and, that and was. COVID. It must have been extremely hard on them as being rich and famous. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was probably harder on them than everybody else. It was probably really stressful touring the country during a pandemic and mm-hmm. wondering if you were going to lose sales because mm-hmm. of COVID. Yeah. I mean, that's hard for them. It was harder on them because they have more. They have more to lose, Cassie. <laughs> you never think about the rich and famous. You only think about yourself. You know what? And I think it's time we point out you're selfish for not loving their love. I am selfish. And that is actually a good segue. Okay, so let's introduce ourselves. Go drink your own blood while you're at it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that. God, you know how much I hate blood. Yeah. It's it's disgusting. I don't, I'm not a big fan of either. Okay. Okay. We are just talking about how I am neutral when it comes to blood and Tiffany hates blood. And that's a great way to bring in the new year. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome back. I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird, a one and done episode. And for the whole month of January, we're going to bring in the new year lighthearted. We need to, or else something bad's going to (laughs) happen. It's January. I think that we need this. We all need this. This is for all of us. Yes. So prepare yourself for one and dones for the rest of the month. And I was thinking about if we were to describe what a one and done serves to you in your life, like what purpose it has, I would say one and dones are good for storing little bits of information that you can then tell people in social situations and not seem strange. Or seem very strange. (laughs) Well... Depending on the situation. I mean, some of the topics we've covered, it might be kind of weird to bring it up, but I still want you to. This, okay, so this episode specifically would, I think, make you seem cool. I mean, you are cool. I'm not saying you're not cool, but cooler. Thank you. Or it will showcase your coolness to a potential new friend. Perfect. Yes. All right, so that uh, is going to be... Hey, do you know what I was thinking about? What? Remember how they used to run ads for milk? 
Um, <laughs> they I used very to have- much. I very much remember <laughs> that. And can I tell you why? Why? Because Got Milk ad campaign tried to buy the town I'm from. What? So yeah, Got Milk tried to buy the town that I'm from because it's super small, and they were gonna buy the town. I guess fix up downtown. I'm assuming and name the town Got Milk. Shut up. But my town said no. Um. So. Because it's a town full of regular, totally not crazy people, and they didn't want everything to be cow print, and they didn't want to have to write Got Milk, California on their mail. I guess so. I mean, I was in high school when it happened, and I was totally down. I'm like, let's fucking do this. (laughs) I walked around with a gallon of milk with me everywhere I went, but it didn't help. I was just thinking... There used to be commercials for milk. As if someone forgot that milk existed. If somebody's like, I wish I had something for this cereal. Um, I have cereal. I don't know. You know, I would, I would love these mashed potatoes to be a little creamier, but I just can't think of the thing. I'm eating a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> right now, and I just, I'm really fucked because <laughs> I'm so thirsty, but I just don't know what to pair it with. Okay, so I'm... I love this ice cream, but have you ever thought, what if we melt it and then drink it? Well, I've got some Chardonnay. That's all I've got. I don't <laughs> have anything else that we could make uh, some sort of a shake, shaken <laughs> up ice cream with. Uh, I just was like having a random offshoot of like, hey, wait a minute. There used to be commercials for milk, which is like blows my mind in like in today's time. It's also like, why do we have toilet paper commercials? Are people forgetting to buy it? Probably not. <laughs> that <I> probably is... <laughs> no. I mean, I, I think it's because toilet paper is kind of like fashion. Everyone has their own style. So some people like it thinner. Some people prefer it thicker. Some people have septic systems, so they can't use thicker toilet paper. You know, some people, my dad in particular... Like, sorry, Dad, but he used to buy the thinnest fucking toilet paper on the planet. It was like one ply. You could see through it. It was not, (laughs) I have trauma, emotional damage. (laughs) You just put your dad and his toilet paper on blast. (laughs) Spill in the freaking tea. Nobody is safe. No (laughs) one is safe. Um, Okay, so I uh, find that I, I had a situation this week and this is like the backstory to the reason I decided to choose this topic so I got a package I opened it accidentally and inside this package was a vintage football card I think it's football I'm not sure what is he holding a football there's no sports equipment football uniform I can't tell it's just like from the neck up um anyways so it's like from 1972 so I was like what I didn't order this my husband doesn't collect football cards, cards. uh so what only is it? magic cards and Pokemon <laughs> cards yes he's into he's a big Pokemon guy <laughs> I honestly might just start getting into Pokemon I need something else in my life okay go on okay So I realized I had opened my neighbor's mail by mistake. He had ordered this card. And then I had one of those thoughts like, what if this card is worth a lot of money? And it just accidentally Mm -hmm. 
not at all by a federal crime, have come into my hands. The universe wanted you to have this uh, floating head, unknown sports related <laughs> card. Yes. Um, so I was like, hmm, this could be our big break. Mm-hmm. And by our, you mean you and me, not you and your husband, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. So I was like, I'm going to look this card up. I have to look this card up, but it's it's worth like, you know, 100000 200000 300000 one million dollars I don't know. One million dollars. So I don't, I wasn't thinking in the millions because it's only in the 70s. I would, you know, think like early 1900s, 1872, something like that. Mm-hmm. I look it up. I look on the invoice and my neighbor paid fourteen ninety nine for it. So I was like, this is not looking good. <laughs> but who knows? All right. So the only ads that I found for it on eBay, they were five ninety nine. <laughs> he bought it for for double what it's going for now. Why did he even buy this card? Is that his dad? I have no idea. I actually, um, total transparency, I haven't returned it yet. Oh my God, um, just return it. Just say, <laughs> I thought I thought my husband ordered something. I opened it. I'm sorry. It's well, yours. Well, okay. yeah, that's the thing. I was like, ooh, how do I explain that it's been ripped open, you know, like a crazy person? So anyways, it got me thinking, how many people have been out and about thrifting? I love to thrift. So I'm like, how many people have accidentally found like a priceless artifact or a priceless piece of art? Mm-hmm. A lot, actually. Okay. This so is exciting. This is a list of people that have come across a priceless piece of art, and they had no idea how much money it was. Okay. I'm here for it. This is my fantasy. Oh, and this isn't normally an episode where we kind of make a drink and align it, um, but I am having a drink, and in honor... Of Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly's engagement, mm-hmm. I'm drinking a cup of my husband's blood. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> so on theme, right? I hope it's fresh, but if it's not, store bought is probably fine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Megan Fox posted an Instagram video of their engagement, and this uh, interesting caption at the end. You know, after all this life times before and moving forward in love and blah 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 she just wrote and then we drank each other's blood (laughs) which I don't know doesn't sound hygienic but who knows seems to be trying a little hard I feel like it would be thick oh god like the viscosity fucking can't handle blood sorry okay so my sources for this episode are history.com and mentalfloss.com articles from both those websites and per usual the the actual links to the articles will be listed in our episode description okay so first we have an isla blatowski painting Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna butcher these artists names so i apologize in advance that was a tough one i'm gonna i'm gonna give you that one i think it's bolotowski actually okay when Beth Fiebeck first saw the big red abstract painting, she didn't like it. 
Still, she ended up paying $9.99 for it at the Goodwill in Oak Ridge, North Carolina, because she hoped to reuse the canvas for one of her own paintings, which featured cartoonish cats. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the back of the painting was the name Ilya Botolowski a celebrated abstract painter who had fled Russia for the U.S. as a teenager, and a painter whose works commanded prices upwards of $15,000. Wow. Um, Though she originally found the painting unappealing, once she learned its value, she was quoted saying, this is the most beautiful damn painting I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Could you just – okay – I've thought about the idea of having something and not realizing that it's worth a lot of money. Uh-huh. But I've never thought about the idea of buying something worth a lot of money and then crafting over it so that it's basically worthless. And that's what she almost did. A lot of people do that. Like researching this, a lot of people buy artwork with the intent to, you know, like repurpose or reuse the canvas or just mm-hmm. the frame and they end up finding out that it's actually no please don't do that but can you imagine the people that never find out ignorance is bliss though in this situation because i would really hate to find that out like there's just a matisse floating out there with like (laughs) freaking somebody's dog portrait painted over it and the best part is is like you think that you're an artist but then you don't know (laughs) these famous (laughs) yeah you know well Yeah, you're like, (laughs) no, that's funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so she ended up selling that for almost $35,000, by the way. Good find. Oh, my gosh, this makes me want to go thrifting. I know, right? So the second thing is called a Chinese libation cup. Ooh, sounds fun. Yeah, it sounds kind of sexy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. A shopper in a Sydney op shop, which is short for opportunity shop which is the australian term for thrift store op shop how cute is that very cute now you have to say it in australian accent op shop (laughs) there's not enough sounds in it you call that a knife you call that an op shop (laughs) terrible oh my god a woman found an interesting carved cup in the shape of a flower and she spent Four dollars. She bought it for four dollars. The woman later experienced quite the windfall when it turned out his her purchase was a 17th century Chinese libation cup made from an actual rhinoceros's horn. Whoa, that's intense. Yes. Does it, is it supposed to make you um good and se- good at sex? I think it's just I, I when I see libation, I think alcohol, right? Yeah, I do too, but isn't like tusks and horns supposed to make your boner better? Oh, is it? I mean, I'm a scientist, so. (laughs) Yes, okay. (laughs) You heard it here first. It's a fact. Or last. One (laughs) of the two. Um, Maybe. I have no idea. But he ended up selling it in 2013 for $75,000. Oh my God, let's go shopping. Could you imagine finding something for $4 and then you, it turns out it's worth like almost $100,000? That's like 
better than gambling, better than the stock market. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next on the list is Terry Horton's Jackson Pollock. So I feel like I took think one or two art history classes in college and Mm -hmm. wow it's a lot of information um that I don't remember but even I have heard of Jackson Pollock and he has a specific style it's not seems easy to spot yes he I believe he's an impressionist would be his style in 1991 bargain hunter Terry Horton was in a San Bernardino thrift store looking for a gift for a friend she found a large canvas covered in colorful paint drips and splatters and although she thought it was ugly she bought it for her friend for five dollars also rude um (laughs) i saw this thing i thought was pretty ugly made me think of you happy fucking birthday (laughs) oh i thought you meant rude on the artist but you actually meant rude on the friend yeah i mean it is rude on the artist too but that's fine but not everybody's gonna like every style of art but if you see something that you think is ugly and you immediately think of your friend maybe you're not a very good friend you know what that's a good point because it's like could you imagine if she's like oh my gosh I was at the store and I saw this hideous vase and I thought of you and I had to get it for you it pans to the friend the friend actually has (laughs) colorful splotches all over her face She's constantly covered in paint splotches from head to toe. It's a Greek statue of a woman holding a watering vase. (laughs) Okay. As it turns out, her friend thought it was ugly too. (laughs) Wow. The friend's like, actually, this reminds me of you. Rude. Because it is so ugly. (laughs) These are great friends. These are the kind of friends everybody needs to have. Right. So it gets even like, this is kind of a kooky, crazy story. It's like silly funny. So when Horton's friend couldn't fit the five by five, four foot canvas in her trailer home, like what? That doesn't even fit in her house. She's like, here's a a literally human sized (laughs) painting that I find disgusting. Here you go. Good luck fitting it in your fucking trailer because it doesn't even fit through the door. For one, you don't have a wall this big. For two, it's ugly and so are you. Happy birthday. (laughs) Okay. Also, how does the shop owner not know what they have? It's massive. Okay. So I am a frequent shopper at our Goodwill. Mm -hmm. And I, their prices have been going up, by the way. And I feel like I am going to pick this bone with Goodwill right now because it's my platform mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. their prices are going up but i feel like they're not donating enough mm, so it's just feeding like a corporate office at this point mm-hmm. but i yeah. did find a pair of because i i love to thrift and i have like a constant list of so i always have in my mind what i'm looking for mm-hmm. um i did find this really good pair of boots and i've been looking for a specific kind of boot and it was 16 bucks and I brought it up to the cashier and she was like, are these Doc Martens? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's such a good deal. That guy who does our shoes has no idea how to price. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but it's goodwill. Like, But it is, yeah, I was going to say that seems like a very, that's, it's goodwill. It's, they're $17. <laughs> 
So anyways, that's a sidebar. You can cut that if you want. No, I don't want to cut it. I agree. Goodwill is getting overpriced. And totally. $17 for Doc Martens is a good deal, but $17 for shoes at a thrift store is not a good deal. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I could see, like, I could see at a at a thrift store uh, not knowing that you have something really valuable if it's, like, something small. There's a lot of random little, uh, you know, dishes or cups or things like that that you might miss. A jewelry a jewelry box, something small like that. Mm-hmm. But a, a picture that's big enough, that's, like, basically, like, big enough to encase two people hanging on the wall how do you not notice that how do you not price it for at least forty dollars just by sheer size just say hey you know what this has been catching my eye every single day because it's taking up the full back wall of our shop (laughs) it's literally blocking the sun out yeah like i don't that's incredible that you wouldn't just you know i don't know take a look at it i always look i always flip over when i find little dishes or something that look old and try to like look up you know if the name looks like it's a cool name because sometimes you can find really old stuff and it's pretty cool yeah I I totally agree I know and I did see some cases where like you said they're rolling they're going through the bins to place the items in the thrift stores and the the employee has caught like this looks kind of familiar or this is looks different and they and then the thrift store ends up um donating it to an art exhibit or a museum mm-hmm. or they give it to an auction house or whatever this belongs in a museum <laughs> indiana jones <laughs> so horton tried to sell it at a garage sale this ugly painting that wouldn't fit in anybody's home and she didn't want to for herself because she thought it was ugly but bought it for a friend who also thought it was ugly these women are out of control. <laughs> I actually love them. They're so chaotic. They're, where's the movie about these women? Where's the fucking movie? I know th- <laughs> they did make a documentary about it. Okay, who would play them? Who would play them? I need to know this. Um. Okay, so I feel like, okay, so Terry Horton, who bought the painting originally, I see like a um, Ellen Birkin. Is that her name? Okay. Um, I don't know what the friend looks like, but I imagine maybe Natalie Portman from. Okay. Okay. Ellen Birkin. They're not the same age. You have like Ellen Birkin and, uh, Susan Sarandon. Let's Uh, do that. Yes. Susan Sarandon. Good one. Okay. This is the movie that I need to see. (laughs) It's just them walking all over town with the five by five. It's so big. They both have to carry it. Okay, so the plot of the movie would be these women have their Jackson Pollock painting, but they have a ton of errands to do. And in mm-hmm. between these errands, they try to get rid of the painting and no one will take it. So the whole movie is them just running around town with this huge painting, trying mm-hmm. to offload it. No one takes it while running their errands. And they're terrible salesmen. They just keep saying, it's so ugly. It, you'd love it. It's so ugly. It, it's made for you. That's what they just keep saying to strangers over and over. And then at the end of the movie, they find out it's an actual Jackson Pollock worth millions of dollars. And all these people find out or something. I, they're at a town hall. I don't know. And they don't Because Jackson the money. Pollock shows up to their town. He got lost. <laughs> he shows up and he's like, um. Rude. Excuse me. First of all, rude. Second of all, I love it. Okay, so she's at this garage sale and an art teacher comes to look through her stuff and this art teacher says, Hey, 
that might be a Jackson Pollock. And she looks at him and says, who the fuck is Jackson Pollock? (laughs) He makes ugly stuff. Can I just say it? Is Jackson Pollock your friend? Because he makes ugly paintings. Looks just like my friend. So by 2006, they made a documentary titled, Who the Fuck is Jackson Pollock? And it's a it's a documentary about this whole scenario. <laughs> so um, she's, Horton has been working with authenticators to prove that her painting is, in fact, the abstract expressionist master himself, Jackson Pollock. Uh, mm-hmm. She's currently asking five million for the painting. And I don't she, know if she just keeps screaming. It's ugly. You'll love it. Looks <laughs> just like you. I, OK, so. Have you ever seen a Jackson Pollock painting? Not in real life. I don't think in real life anyway. I know that, you know, art is subjective, but I have to say I absolutely hate Jackson Pollock's work. I I could see why I could see why some it wouldn't be somebody's taste. It's it, not necessarily something that I would buy, but I feel like if I saw it, it's just it's very distinct. You would either think that it was somebody trying to rip off him or it was him. Like, you wouldn't – it's one of the two. It's obviously somebody copying his style, you know? Yeah. I'm sure his style of painting is complex. There's layers upon layers upon layers of colors, and there's a story behind there. However, I am not a fan. I, I know that art is subjective, and they say that good art makes you feel something, whether it's good or bad feeling – all bad feeling 100% it's a bad place for me I don't like it it makes me dizzy I get sweaty my brain scrambles itself and I want to barf yeah um it's not exactly my taste either but people love it like he 50 million dollars like he has a following so it truly is art is a subjective he's out of my budget anyway so (laughs) yeah uh not of my budget either All right, so next on the list, we have Rick Norgensen, um, and he was at a thrift shop, or no, actually he was, excuse me, he was at a garage sale um, about two decades ago, and he was a commercial, he's a commercial artist himself. Uh He bought two boxes of glass plate photography negatives, and basically it looks like the glass that goes on top of like a coffee table mm-hmm. with a photo negative on it. Oh, so that's like, cool. Like printed on it or etched on it or some, or somehow. So if you hold the glass up to the light, you see through like you would a picture negative. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole box of them and it was $45 and they were pictures of Yosemite, images of Yosemite. Um, He like them because he used to work at Yosemite so he was drawn to the pictures Mm -hmm. and then the more he looked at them he wondered if the negatives might be the work of a famous landscape photographer Ansel Adams okay I've heard of him I think he's one of those I think he's kind of everyone even outside of art circles has heard of him yeah also not to turn this but I was hoping you'd be like and in the background he saw Bigfoot but it's fine. <laughs> I mean this is a fine direction too it's just not the one that I would have picked I'm just I saying. wish I wish um so dozens of professionals have weighed in to authenticate the works including a former FBI agent a handwriting expert and a meteorologist 
and you think to yourself, a meteorologist, they <laughs> were comparing the clouds in the negatives to clouds at Yosemite around the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, they com- they c- they're basically comparing the clouds. Yeah, that's like in the new Titanic, well, not new Titanic, but when they re- whatever beautified the titanic movie they changed the sky so that it was actually the actual star formation of that night which nobody ever would notice but congratulations uh as a burden of proof expert manny mindrano who was hired by the man Wait, who- did we finish that up no i'm finishing it now oh, okay sorry okay sorry that's okay um the burden of proof expert told CNN in 2010, I've sent people to prison for the rest of their lives for far less evidence that I've seen in this case. Mm, I don't know if I like that guy. What? Um, Wait. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So basically he said, uh, he's a burden of proof expert, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Um, he maybe is hired to find evidence on certain things so maybe Mm -hmm. sometimes criminal cases sometimes art i don't know seems kind of too wide of a scope for me but okay yeah weird spread Um, like i look at um photographs and criminals that's those are my two specialties yes specifically negatives printed on glass of yosemite Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and And also triple homicides that's it (laughs) nothing in between that's just one or the other a or b that's it so if you have either of those give me a call Yes. So he was basically telling CNN he felt that there was sufficient evidence that these were in fact authentic. And he has sent people to prison for the rest of their lives with less evidence. Great. Um, That's the guy you want authenticating your art, not the guy you want. Authenticating your evidence. Yes. Like, yes, the what i'm sorry sir what did you just say oh my gosh i mixed up my i mixed up my paperwork (laughs) this was my photograph etched onto glass paperwork not my triple homicide paperwork oh shit he's definitely a photograph but i don't know if he's a murderer the stakes could not be more different oh my god so Uh, high and so low this guy is juggling way too many balls and i think he needs to pick a direction and go with it (laughs) <laughs> he walks into the courtroom with the giant piece of glass with a photograph on it back at his other client's house there's just a table covered in crime scene photos um so that he is pretty sure fairly certain more certain than sending someone to prison for the rest of their life mm-hmm. um that these are authentic and the man who purchased them could a- make a approximately 200 million dollars from the sales of the prints over the next 25 years and that was from 2010 um that's amazing if you're listening if you're the guy with these prints and you're listening you know what reach out we'll talk to you (laughs) um the next one we have is what's known as the arizona jackson pollock so we have this guy again okay and in 2017 (laughs) like look Am I the only one that thinks it's suspicious that his art keeps showing up at thrift shops? <laughs> <laughs> everyone's everyone's giving the I saw this ugly thing and thought of you gift and it's not going over well. <laughs> um, you know what else I was thinking of though? 
when we were talking about all this art is we did that episode on forgers <laughs> and I covered a artist who like has forged paintings and has art hung in every single museum across the world. So <laughs> you just don't know. Like this guy's so good that he can forge a painting and he lives in Europe so he can find a canvas from the exact time period of the artist at mm-hmm. a flea market. Mm-hmm. There's no way to authenticate it. So just, you know what? Uh, Be careful. That was such a good episode. Um, by the way, that was a fascinating story. Yeah, his, I can't remember his name, but um, okay. So, but I just feel like, and I'm just going to say this, and it, this is my opinion, but I feel like art circles, like especially the, t- like the top tier art circles are so pretentious And all it Mm -hmm. takes is for one person who's slightly popular or has any kind of influence to like a certain artist. And then, you know what I mean? Like, is it really that good? Or is it just because it's, it's popular? I totally agree. Sometimes art becomes famous because of who bought it, not because of the piece itself. Okay. So what happened with this Jackson Pollock? Was somebody like, bought this ugly thing, thought of you? Was it a slightly (laughs) nicer scenario what happened no this was just found in a sun city arizona garage oh okay well taken care of great yeah it was just at an elderly man's house and maybe it was an estate kind of thing an estate sale so Mm -hmm. when appraiser josh was evaluating the elderly man's belongings he began to suspect that one of the paintings might be a pollock over the course of 18 months uh, Levine, the appraiser, spent tens of thousands of dollars to authenticate the canvas, making the important discovery that its owner's sister ran in the elite artistic social circle that included Pollock himself. Wow. Yes. The painting was scheduled to go up for auction that year, 2017, and starting bid of $5 million and an estimated $10 million value. 10 to $15 million, actually. It's crazy. Yes, but the sale was indefinitely postponed when the prospective bidders failed to pass credit checks and bank checks. So they were <laughs> criminals or something. They were like trying to steal this or something. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to keep up with the Joneses and but um that's wild. That's two of his paintings. I mean, did he just push these things out like I don't even know what time he he's from, but I don't know how long that they would honestly take to make. No offense. And um, <laughs> for two, if you're a skilled painter, even the forger guy that I'm, unfortunately another one of us can remember his name because we drink on this show. But uh, <laughs> the forger guy that I covered, he could make like a masterpiece painting in two days. Isn't that a wild? straight up masterpiece in the exact style of a famous artist in like two days. So I, if you really, you know. Yeah, it it, I, you can do it. I'm wondering, I don't know anything about authenticating art, but I'm just wondering. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. A lot of it, I think, is subjective. They can only do so much to actually date things. Mm-hmm. They can date things, but like if, if you live in, you know, 
so not in the United States, if you live in Europe where you can actually get a hold of really older old materials, it's mm-hmm. impossible to date things. And then other than that, it's subjective. Just looking at the style of the work, the types of strokes, it's just comes down to your expertise and your eye and your training and your schooling mm-hmm. and your career mm-hmm. and your education. I mean, that, ooh, talk about talk pressure. about stress pressure, yeah. right? So if you're trying to get something authenticated, I recommend low-cut shirt. <laughs> Number one. Booty Man shorts. Man or woman, wear a low-cut <laughs> shirt. Just get things flowing. Booty <laughs> shorts. Bring bring out the wine. Bring out the hors d'oeuvres. Pile on the compliments. <laughs> That's got to be illegal, trying to wine and dine an art appraiser. That's crossing some kind of like, legal boundary. I don't think it's illegal to wine and dine an art appraiser. <laughs> There's an art appraiser out there right right now. Like, that's what? why I, I never get asked wind- out. <laughs> no. Why? They think no. it's illegal. <laughs> okay. So the next one, this one is probably my favorite. A music equipment technician was looking through Music City Thrift Shop in Nashville, Tennessee, when he noticed a rolled up yellow document. And it was a copy of the Declaration of Independence, which which isn't normal. That's all over the place. You could literally buy it on Amazon, Wayfair, whatever. You could probably get it at Michael's. Okay, wait. Was this guy Nicolas Cage? (laughs) I think so. Okay, okay. I think, were you... Were you drunk watching a movie while you're doing your research? <laughs> I think I got the two confused. Oh, okay. It's fine. I do that all the time. <laughs> he bought the document for $2.48. Okay. When he got it home, he examined it and he noticed that it was marked 1823 and that it said by order of the government. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he soon learned that his thrift store purchase was an official copy of the Declaration of Independence, one of 200 copies commissioned by President John Quincy Adams in 1820, and they were printed by William Stone three years later. Only 35 copies out of the 200 have previously been found. How in the fuck did this end up at a random store? What is the chain of events? <laughs> I and this gives a backstory. This is why it's my favorite. Okay, okay. I need I need to know this. It turns out the declaration had been donated to the Nashville thrift shop by locals Stan and Linda Caffey. Stan had bought the document at a yard sale in the mid-90s for $2. Then hung it for decoration in his garage where he worked on his bicycles. His wife urged him to get rid of it. I hate independence and declarations are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Why did she care? I don't know. This declaration is hurting nobody. It's It's literally already. Can he not have any space? Like, can he have nothing? It's in the garage. Ten bucks are divorced. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who had it, who donated it, said, quote, I'm happy for the guy. If I still had it, it would still be hanging here in the garage, and I still wouldn't know it was worth all that. So nothing lost, nothing gained, Um, which I think is a really good attitude to have about these, these things that you find. 
the guy who bought it at the thrift shop ended up um, auctioning it off for $477,000. I feel like he should have split it with that guy who's probably a bachelor now because he divorced his wife because she made him sell the fucking Declaration of Independence. (laughs) So I feel like you should have kicked some back to that guy. I think so too, but I mean, I guess finders keepers, losers weepers. I hate that saying, but you know. Um, All right, the next one is uh, the story of John Richard who was browsing at a Oxfam charity shop, which is a thrift shop in England. So it's called a charity shop in England. Okay. When he opened a dusty box and discovered an an eye-catching handbag, the 73-year-old retired chef was intrigued by the bag's print. It was images of Elvis Presley by Andy Warhol in shades of brown. Oh, shit. That's cool. Okay. Um... He decided to take it home, and when he went up to the register, he tried to haggle. <laughs> oh, my God. It was $26, and he tried to offer 15 <laughs> I love this. Um, but the lady wasn't budging, so he bought it for 26 bucks. Okay. And then he brought it home and totally forgot about it for, like, several months. He just walks into his house. He throws it onto a chair cover- piled with handbags. Another handbag for the handbag chair. <laughs> Another one on the pile. <laughs> um, and then like one day he just like, oh, fuck that bag I bought. Where is that? Um, oh, I'm going to my Elvis Presley costume party. <laughs> he found it. Uh, he got it off the handbag chair, buried mm-hmm. under um, new handbags that he'd purchased with, mm-hmm. you know, in the several months that he'd forgotten about that handbag he buys like three to three to seven a day is what i've been told (laughs) um they call him handbag richard around town they just a thing obvious i mean we all know about him (laughs) he noticed a philip tracy label i hope i'm saying that right tracy is an irish designer best known for making sculptural hats Mm -hmm. um including one that princess patrice wore Beatrice, Patrice. <laughs> Beatrice. It, looks like, it looks like Patrice. It does look like Patrice. Um, Beatrice wore to the royal wedding of Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. So like big fancy hats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a luxury designer handbag, he thought, might be worth some money by this person. Um, he contacted the Philip Tracy shop in London and asked them to examine the bag. Um they found out that it was a hand-sewn limited edition design and only 10 were ever made in the world. And the art, the manager of the shop said, this isn't, this is a piece of art, not a bag. It wow. appraised at um, $325,000. And he said um, he got two offers, one for three twenty five. Three hundred twenty-five thousand and one for four hundred and fifty-five thousand. Both wow. were for from private collectors. What a find! Seriously. And he almost didn't buy it because it was twenty-six dollars. And he tried to haggle. Oh my god, that's like the <laughs> best part of the story. And he's like, "Meh, will you take 15 <laughs> Oh my god, I that reminds me. My stepdad, when I was like a teenager, we'd go to the grocery store and they'd like tell him the total, and he would always, every time, do that embarrassing dad joke. Will you take 
whatever, like say it was like $150 and he's like, would you take 125 every time? <laughs> the 16 year old behind the register is like, sir, no, thank you, sir. I, that's a, that's illegal. Okay. The last one on our list is pretty cool. <laughs> In 1994, a sports journalist noticed a green blazer in the stack of a used suit jackets at a Toronto thrift store. When he unearthed the green blazer, he immediately recognized the patch on the pocket. It was the logo of the Augusta National Golf Club. While all members of the Georgia Club get jackets, they aren't allowed to wear them outside of the club, which is... Mm, I don't know if I like that. more. That's more like... Colty. Um, yeah, what do they very... get to the club and just all put on their green jackets and walk around the club wearing green? <laughs> silly. Men are silly. I don't know. I mean, I watched Happy Gilmore and they talked about their gold jackets a lot and I feel like they could wear them at any time. So if I'm you... pretty sure that was a documentary. I don't know <laughs> what these people are talking about. If you're in a prestigious club mm-hmm. and that club gives you a jacket, wouldn't you want to wear the jacket to show off? And make people feel bad about themselves? Isn't that half half the point is the bragging right? Yeah. Okay, so bragging rights aside, <laughs> they were able to wear the jackets outside of the club in the 50s because they were more braggadocious back then. Uh, but today they're not allowed to wear the jackets, the green jackets outside of the club. So he's thinking to himself, like, why is this here? Mm-hmm. Um. So he bought the jacket, I believe, for $5. Oh, and a side note, mm-hmm. sorry. The only person in uh, at this time to wear the green jacket outside of the club is the current Masters champion. And if you know anything about sports, you know that the Masters tournament is the tip-top, the pinnacle, the island in the sky of golf tournaments. Shooter McGavin. Yes. Shooter, shooter. He <laughs> does that and then he goes to the Sizzler. I know about it. I'm knowledgeable <laughs> on golf. 100%. Okay. <laughs> so um, this guy bought the jacket, I think, for five bucks. And then later on, uh, another, um, actually, a British golf journalist convinced this guy who bought the jacket with an author off with an author with an offer he couldn't refuse mm-hmm. and um he sold the jacket to this journalist golf journalist and then 20 years later the jacket went up for auction in 2017 and its final bid was one thousand thirty nine three hundred forty nine dollars wow so one hundred and forty thousand dollars i know five dollar green blazer at a at a thrift shop I still don't understand why they're not allowed to wear it, though. Can we circle back to that? Why is it a secret? Why are the jackets a secret? It's a Um, little strange. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. And especially Kelly Green was in last season, so you'd think they would be... You know, like, go ahead and wear your jacket. Now that it's back in style. We weren't wearing them because they were out of style. And if anybody knows anything about golfers, it's that we're high fashion, you know? (laughs) But now that this color's back, we got to flaunt it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like kind of what happens at the Augusta Golf Club stays at the Augusta Golf Club. You wish. (laughs) You wish, golfers. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, what a fun list. This really makes me want to go to a thrift store. Yeah, and I I kind of really narrowed it down to thrift stores only. There's so many categories of this. There's like uh, metal detectors, treasure hunters. Oh my god, I have a metal people. detector. So we'll just do a whole yeah. episode about what I find metal detecting. Yes. We can. We'll do a live metal detecting episode. Uh, another quarter. And it's it's a nickel. <laughs> so I just thought this was a cool episode. I did not find a treasure in my mail. Um, I need to give that to my neighbor, which I will do tomorrow. Please do, because I don't want to have to say you're going to prison on another episode and actually mean it. <laughs> just hand over that $15. A non, non, non-sports... Sports non-specific card. sports card non-specific yeah i don't know sports card i'm assuming football he had from what i could see that the the little bit of his traps look large so i'm thinking broad shoulders okay was the football. card covered up or was the entire card just a bust because i don't understand this <laughs> non-specific sports card it i think it was football i know I but i'm saying the actual card was just okay so it was just a like your school picture, you know, you take in yeah, the yearbook. Yeah, so you That's saw the entire card is what I'm saying. Yeah, it was. it's encased in plexiglass. Okay, I didn't know if maybe you only opened it halfway, so you just saw the top half. But no, the entire card is just middle school picture of somebody. Yes, yeah. Seems like not the best move if you're an athlete to not have the card be you when you're... Well, it's just not good branding. Yeah. <laughs> Put on that green blazer. Show us what you're working with, you know? <laughs> the guy does have a mullet. It's nice. It's Ooh. 1972, I think, is the year on it. I so would say maybe... post a picture, but then you definitely go to Oh, prison. my gosh. No, that is just digital evidence of a potential felony that I just don't need on the internet. We do not need to air out our crimes that hardcore on our podcast. Like, <laughs> let your crimes just live and die in this episode alone, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Anyways, thank you so much for listening and hope that your new year is going well so far. Um, I mean, hey, (laughs) we're all in this together. (laughs) We're doing the best we can and we hope that you are too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We do truly appreciate it. Yes, we do. And happy new year and look forward to a couple more silly, goofy, um, one and done episodes for the rest of the month going into the new year and then we'll get back into some more full episodes um but hang in there and on that note don't forget love yourself lock your doors and light some incense cheers to that cheers to that